0: Hey everybody, this is Kate Lothbrok, the Deathmatch Deathmatch as Guardian. Can't even say my own damn name, but you're listening to the 3 Count podcast.
1: I'm in fashion, Welcome everybody to another great edition of the 3 Count podcast. Now to Ring and I, am your host Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. And, uh, you know, by most of these episodes, I would hope you finally say it. And you all can say it with me. You are my Sherpa. That's right. I am your Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring and who's entering the ring today. Where well, you can find this man at IWA Vintage Pro Wrestling, VPW, ACE, Excite, H2O, ICW. He is the cold-blooded, the death match as guardian, he is the devil's outlaw in a fireball wielding. Kade Lothbrock. what's up?
0: What's going on, my man? How are you?
1: I'm doing great, man. I'm excited Good. about this.
0: I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Yeah, so we actually met at IWA. We um we were in a match together, and nice. uh, yeah, I wanted to just like bring you on because I know I've known about your work from obviously like, the Deathmatch scene, but then obviously getting to work with you and checking out your stuff uh just like throughout just like doing research and stuff i was like yo i was actually super excited to get the opportunity to be able to be in the same, same ring as you
0: i appreciate it. it's always weird when people say that man i don't i know i mean i'm just like you dude i i, I step in that ring like anybody else you know um i mean i've, I've been fortunate to get to do a couple cool things and travel and but i don't i don't look at myself as anything other than mm-hmm. who i am you know like we're the same dude you step in that ring i don't care future first match or you've been on tv headlining wrestlemania like we're all the same at the end of the day you know but i do yeah, appreciate it it. it
1: it was funny because like uh like was, i was following you on facebook i remember like just reading people like reading your stuff and like just seeing like some of the comments you were posting and you're talking about like being afraid about being in the ring and it's like yeah certain people have a reputation and sure like that's their reputation but then that might not be who they are. And you're just kind of like no. psyching yourself out of a whole yeah. of like yeah, you know, to be awesome.
0: You know, that that whole situation, you know, look, man, there are guys that are it's man, you know, I love wrestling. I think we all love wrestling. That's why we all do it. But with the the fun and the great thing about wrestling, there's also the negative. It's like anything, any entertainment or any job um you know look you're gonna have people you click with and you vibe with you're gonna have people that you don't and you're gonna have people you just straight up you just don't like and you don't want to deal with um you know people i mean i do i know you're very new to the business but you're you're also an older gentleman you have a family so i'm sure you've dealt with it in life where you know people will say things to undercut you or people will say things to try to make you know i guess put you or paint you in a, ba- a bad light um you know like VPW, there's there's a few people there that um, one one guy. I'm not gonna mention names because that's I'm, I'm beyond the drama in my life. But um, one guy in particular, we, we were supposed to do a tag match and just went to the promoter and was like, "No, man, I, I you know we don't we like we don't get along. Yeah, you know he's not someone in, I, I you know. In my younger days, maybe you know I was a different person, but I'm different now. But I'm all business and I'm professional and I don't have to like you to do good business. I'm not going to ask you to go out and have a beer or go to dinner later, but we'll do business. That's what this is. It's a business. Um, so people can be afraid to work me. I do have a reputation. I do have a reputation of being difficult to work with. I do have a reputation of being very opinionated and that is my biggest flaw. Um, and it's something that I wish I would have learned um, when I was younger is to think before I speak. And I, and I do it now. If I feel strongly about something, man, I'm going to, go with my gut and that's just how I've always been. I've always been the type of person to follow my own path, so to speak, or or march to the beat of my own drum. And if somebody, you know, and I don't care who it is. I don't I you know and people will be like, oh well, you know, if I ever worked for WWE or if I ever worked for a company I had a contract and I felt strongly about something and I don't want to do it or I want to do it, I'm gonna do it. And if I'm wrong, I will go straight up to the person that said, hey, this ain't gonna work and I will say, hey, I was wrong, you were right. And I've had that experience plenty of times. But there's been times where I've gone to a promoter or a booker and be like, this is stupid. I don't like it. And I'll do it. And when it sucks, I'll be like, I told you. Or we try it my way. And if it works, i be like, hey, man. So it's a give and take. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm not exactly everyone's cup of tea, I guess. But, like, you know, look, man, we worked. Um, uh, I, I know I come over very standoffish to people or very um, – I guess grumpy. I've been called salty. It's been a joke, or I, I'm—I I don't trust people. I have a—you know—my m- personal life has been very up and down with people, so I'm very standoffish. But you could ask, you know, someone that we both know, Mason Martin. I was very not cold shoulder to him, but I'm one of those people that like, you know, you want to get close to me. i am all—I'm co- cool with that. But it's going to take a while for me to, you know, open up. Mm-hmm. It's different when I work someone. Like when we work, there's a bond there because I'm trusting you. You're trusting me when I don't get, if I don't get to work someone and they want to be, you know, close and buddy, buddy, or they want to like with Mason, for example, he wanted to, you know, have me mentor him and stuff. It's not something I freely hand out one, because I don't feel like I, I am anyone to do that. But if I am going to help someone, I want to make sure that person, and it's just like all my students, I want to make sure they want it. So I do have a reputation for being, you know, standoffish or a loner. And, you know, it's just, that's just who I am. I'm not a, not a very outgoing personality and it's crazy because i'm in the sport of professional wrestling and that's where you have to go out there in front of sometimes thousands of people and act like a complete and total fucking lunatic but um in my personal life man dude i just i put my headphones in and i just go through the world like i just tune out everyone because i'm not exactly one of those outgoing people
1: no and i I feel like there's in, in a world like it's weird because like as i'm getting like I don't want to say older, but more experienced in the game, like, I'm starting to understand, like, there's a whole range of personalities. I mean, it's just, like, the real life, right? It's just what it is. But what you're finding out is that, like, everybody gets in the zone differently, right, and gets themselves put in. And not everybody's going to be, like, the most friendliest dude out there. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I know that I'm very extroverted, and I'm very much, like, jumping from, like, circle to circle and just, like, have this conversation. I I get people that want to be kind of, like, they just want to be by themselves, just kind of reserved. And that and then I understand those people and I'm like, I'm gonna come talk to you when they wanna when they just are Yeah, you know, moment.
0: like when we when we went to work, for example, you know, like I like I don't like listen, I get it, you're new, you're young in the wrestling business. Um, you know, and I've been there, you know. I mean, obviously there's there's an age gap difference, but you know, when I was younger, I would wanna be like, What do you wanna do? What do you want to do? And then as you get older and you'll reach to that point, is like, you know, it, it becomes You know, I don't need to, I don't want to talk about it right away because I want to think and, you know, but everyone's different, man. Like I've been in locker rooms with guys that, you know, they don't want it. Like, for example, one of my mentors, a guy that helped me out when I was young was Eddie Kingston and Eddie called, like literally I was like, you know, I tried going up to him and he was like, I mean, we'll call it, we'll call it. We called the match, maybe match prior to ours. And he called everything and I just listened, but He was the type of guy that, and that's where I kind of, you know, I've been fortunate to be around guys like Eddie Kingston and Homicide and Dan Moff and Steve Mack and the Northeast doghouse scene. And I was trained by Mikey Whipper, So I had a, I wouldn't say a rough training because it wasn't rough, but I had a, and the Dead Presidents, the guys I do the podcast with and a guy named King Mega and uh, Crusher Dugan. But like they were very, very old school. And it was like, Hey, if you want this, Here's the door. We'll open the door. But if you really want to do this and you want to be part of this family or or group, whatever you want to call it, then you need to step through the door and you need to go out and show us. So that's my mentality is like, listen, everyone, I'm not one of those guys that's like, you know, this guy shouldn't be a wrestler. That girl shouldn't be a wrestler. Some people, I'll be straight up honest, some people, maybe it's not for them. You know, there are other things you can do in wrestling. But if you want to be a wrestler and you want to be part of, The brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever you want to call it, then to me, you got to go and you got to show that and you got to earn that and and that I think is a big thing that's missing today in wrestling is the earning it and and I think maybe it's a generation thing like we're both older guys. I mean, I don't know how much older. I don't know how old you are. I'm 35. I just turned 35. Um, But you know, like I, I. my upbringing and my the way i grew up as a kid even I, generational wise like i was very much i i've earned everything i've ever had you know i mean dude i i moved, i was on my own since i was 13 basically you know i always worked i always busted my ass to what, what everything i had and i brought that same mentality into wrestling like i didn't want anything handed to me i wanted to earn everything and now i feel like a lot of kids now are you know it's a different generation it's a more of a give it to me now i don't want to earn it why can't i have a now generation type thing
1: yeah. And I feel that way too. It's funny. Cause I'll be honest, I turned 37 in September. Yeah. So for me, it was, you know, like being in the military and stuff and being brought up that way to like the system, like understanding that you got to earn everything. And that's why when you and I were working right in full transparency for you guys out there that are watching, like, I just, I legitimately, when you were like, Hey, what do you want to do? And I was just like, I just, just really was just like, I'm gonna follow the lead. Because obviously I know that like, Hey, who am I to be calling anything? And then I, when you asked asking if, like, hey, do you have this available? I was like, well, I do this, and you're like, all right, cool, we'll do that. You have this, all right, we can do that. But really, it was just me like wanting to be learned uh, to be taught how to call a match, and then how you were putting it together. And I was like making mental notes as we were like talking about it So I was like, you know, this is someone that you're going to learn a lot from. And I was like, I appreciate let just, that. Let me just shut up and just pay. <laughs> shut up and just keep my mouth shut with this whole thing because I was like, I understand like the background and where everything is coming from. So I was like,
0: yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's weird. Cause you know, you're, you're older than me. You're 37, but in wrestling, it's a different, you know, we're at a different dichotomy, but you know, for someone like you to go through the military, like I, one of my best friends in wrestling is, um, his name is Romeo, but his, his wrestling name is Merc. I, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys cross paths. Um, he's a, he's a Marine. If I call it, say he's the army, he gets all butthurt but, um, <laughs> I love him to death. And one of my best friends, loyal to the day, you know, um, but like, he's an older guy, but you know, because he went to the military and everything, you know, he started late and he's a guy that I, I help. but you know, guy, you know, you remind me a lot of him and that you guys, and I, maybe it's the military, military training, maybe it's just how you are, but there's no ego. There's no anything. And like, when I work with someone that's newer or younger than me, I, I, I hate, I always hated when I was younger, having someone go, this is what you're going to do. It's like, I, I don't do this. Or I. So that's why I always ask like, Hey, what do you do? You know, what do you want to do? What do you want to get in? Cause it's your match too. We're, we're you know, wrestling is an art. It's a, it's a painting, whatever. Well, you got to paint that canvas with me. It's a dance. I can't, you know, I, I, I you know, I may na- know how to do the waltz, but you may not na- know how to do the meringue. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to put that together. So I always like to ask, and I, and I appreciate that you were, you know, you would want to listen, but. I, I'm from the school of thought that if you're working with me, this is your match. It's not mine. I can't have a good match unless you have a good match. If I have a bad match, you're having a bad match. It doesn't, we're not one and the other. Um, So I want you to have your input. Plus, like I said, it, you know, I don't know what you do. If I say, hey, man, you know how to do a shooting star? You'd be like, no. Well, then, we're you know, well, you're doing one. <laughs> you are know, like, it, it's silly to me. I'm going to play, the best thing, the best thing you could do and I, and I said this to kids that I trained, and I say it to guys now, even guys that have been doing it you know, for a while or maybe even longer than me, you always want to play to your strengths. You want to know everyone does something. Like, look, I, I have things that I do better than other people, and there are things like I can't hit a moonsault. If I can do a moonsault, it's crookeder than anything. I can't go – I don't know why. I'm not going to do it. I, I've done 450s. I can do suicide dives. I can do a lot of stuff that a lot of the flyer Fancy Guys do. But me, especially when I was... And I was doing this when I was like 385. Now I'm 245. Maybe it makes a little bit more sense. But that's not me. That's I don't excel at that. I'm a, a brawler. I'm a whatever. You find your strengths and what you do good and you accentuate it. It's, I, 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 I don't know if you're a big music guy. I equate it to, you know, like... My favorite band is Black Label Society. Yeah, I want to hear the new stuff, but I want to hear the hits. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, like, I don't pay to go see Guns N' Roses for them to sing their new song. I paid to see Guns N' Roses sing Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle. Like, so you got to know that your your greatest hits, basically, and accentuate it. And then you build around it. You have, you know, I I see kids now, and I say kids, it's crazy to me that I, I can say kids. But I see a lot of young guys now, and they call, like... I mean they are calling WrestleMania, they're calling A to Z, they're calling all this wild stuff. And it's dude, it's awesome. Like I watched some of these matches and I'm like, God damn, that shit's impressive. It's awesome. But then I'm like, well, what do you do next time? Where do you go from there? Where what else can you show the crowd? Like you just gave them everything. Or what is the next match gonna do? What are the guys after you? Like what when you and I worked, we really didn't do anything crazy. And from what I'm not trying to brag, I'm not trying to blow smoke up my ass or your ass. Uh Brian, IWA promoter, came up to me and was like, dude, you had everyone from the back work uh watching. So, you know, and we didn't do much. We told the story, and, and that's a big thing that I think is missing now is guys are so goes back to that instant gratification. Like nobody, even the fans, they want it now. Give me everything now. Okay, but then what happens the next match? Like, right? how do it, there has to be a, a level, and it's something I think is really missing in wrestling. And if it's something that you got to, you know, you you learned a little bit from our match, and if that's what you took, awesome. But you know,
1: well, and I think that's the thing, and that's where like I feel like, and, and you 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 make this great point about like where do you go next with your next match, and then where does the next match after you go, right? And that was the one thing that I I was just open and honest with you. I was like, listen, man, I had like three moves, like a clothesline, like a spine buster and a German suplex. And while I've been working on other stuff, like I haven't hit anything perfect yet. So I was like, I'm not busting out new stuff that could look like shit. I'd rather hit the things I can hit clean Exactly. and then tell the story of like, like the one thing I love to talk about my character wise is that he's just like, got this never die attitude. Like he's always going to keep fighting because that's the military side of things. But it was just so cool to be able to work with someone. That's just like, I'm going to hit you and just hit you and just hit you and move after move after thing after thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, this is what's going to happen. And I was like, yeah. I was like, this is going to be a fun story to tell. And that's what we did. And if the audience, like, I remember at the beginning of the match, right, the audience, and if we're, you know, I'll probably it's out there, so you guys can check it out. Yeah, of course. Um, but the fans were like, Kate is going to kill you. To, like, at the end, the crowd was like, they were basically like, this is awesome. Like, you could hear, like, the pop every single time. The crowd was just up. And then they come, and then they go back up. And it's a, back it's
0: up. that's the roller coaster ride, man. And you know, I, I was fortunate to be trained by Mikey Whipwreck, and um, also trained by a guy named Crusher Dugan, who was trained by uh, Dean Malenko's father, Boris Malenko. So you know, you you, and it comes with with working. It comes with just experience of, you know, listening to a crowd. Like I, you know, I've had matches where you know, you call this match and you hear, you're like, oh, the crowd's going to pop here and they're going to they're gonna react to this and then you do it and they're like, <laughs> and then the match ne- after you reacts to, the, so you got to listen. Fortunately, you know, I mean, I have a little bit of a, you know, because of my work down there, people know me um, and what we did. I, I think we told a good, you know, I, I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. Um, you know, I mean, I, for working you and knowing you, you're uh, friends with Mason, but getting to work with Foxy. Plus, having Foxy out there was a whole other element that made it even easier. And it's it's something that's, like I said, it's missing. And, and it's nothing against anyone in wrestling. or But the, the storytelling, the drama of having, like, I can go out. Listen, I could have gone out there and just ate you alive and got a reaction from me. But what does that do for you? It does nothing for you. Why am I just gonna now? If you know, if the promoter came up to me, and said, hey, it's a squash, okay, whatever, that's what you want, okay. But we were having a match, you're we having a competitive match, you did a promo, I did a promo, like we're gonna go out there and we're gonna work, and I'm gonna make you look good because, like I said, and it, it goes back to even with promos, which we can get into. If I beat you, beat you, beat you, beat you, beat you down, and I can't beat you, and it takes me like a suplex and, a bottom, and all this stuff and it's a squash match then who did i beat but if i tell a story where it's in my facials and you're kicking out of this and you're still fighting and like you you have that emotion and i'm like why won't you stay down we we're, we're telling a story when finally i had to throw a fireball i had to cheat to beat you it's telling a story it's like okay and in that match we established i you know i would say i was more established right i know you've been there but it elevated you it took a fireball to put down red you know red dog Um, it took, you know, all this, like you said, in the beginning, they were chanting, Kate is going to kill you. But at the end, they were booing me and cheering for you. And that's what we wanted. And that's, you know, again, that's the story. And, And then we can always revisit it because now there's a reason, you know, the whole fireball thing. And it's just telling a story. It established me as this wild, crazy, I'll do anything it takes character. And it established you as this fired up, never stay die babyface that had to take a damn fireball to the face to lose. So it builds a precedent that you can build off of and it's something that is you know it's kind of forgotten in wrestling now because like I said it's all about now, now, now and it's it sucks because, you know, you want that build up. Like look at look at the Marvel movies. If they would have did Iron Man Thor, Captain America, Infinity Wars, you'd be like, what well, the fuck? Why? It took 10 years, something like that, or set, whatever it was, to get to Infinity Wars, the finally... Everyone was like, I want to see Thanos, I want to see Thanos, I want to see Thanos. And we finally got Thanos, and then that ending where he did the snap, everyone's like, oh my... I was in the theaters, people were crying, I was damn near crying, because I'm a huge Marvel guy. But <laughs> it took 10 years to get that story to tell. And that's like, I don't get it. Like, wh- Nobody wants to build... Even on TV, there's no... Like, I don't know if you were an ECW guy, but Sabu and Taz was a year build. Austin McMahon went for years. Like, Dreamer Raven, like, there's these great stories that were told through such a long time that it was up and down and dynamic and all this stuff. And now it's like, okay, Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. And then th- it's just, like, instant. We need to do it now. We need to do it now. It's I, I don't know. It's That's my big gripe with wrestling. So, you know, working for IWA – I really hope that we get to revisit it. Um, I hope we get to tell more stories. And, you know, that's what I want to do, man. I'm I'm all about having fun now and and trying to tell stories and just make people like wrestling and not having to go out there and do 100,000 things like I used to, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Because I was like, even for, and I think just for me, what makes it different, though, is that like, I'm older, so I'm, like, I'm not really trying to do, like, I see people, and I remember those, and this is one thing, so I got to finish one thought before I start the next one. I see people hit, like, thousands of moves, right? It was something you brought up to me, too. It's, like, if I punch you 10 times in the face repeatedly, right, I take the effectiveness out of that punch because Mm -hmm. I'm just drilling you, and you should be able to put somebody down in, realistically, you should be able to put somebody down in one or two punches. Like, so if I hit you and I keep hitting you, I'm just... I'm just showing that it's not, it's not effective. But if I hit you once and you go to a corner, you fall down, you stumble, you're telling like more significance. And so I think for me, I like the idea of, I do three or four and I hit these moves and these are like, that's it. Like I'm either going to hit you and we're going to get a two count or I'm going to hit you and we'll get the three count. It's just, it's, that's the story. aspect of it. Like you got to make it established that they're deadly.
0: You, you want to, you know, like look, look, there there are moments where you can do the, the, the hockey fight or the yay boo. There are moments where that works, but you also have to think, like, especially as a heel, you know, like, uh, Jake Roberts is my all-time favorite wrestler. And he did an interview, and it was, like, one of those Q&As, and somebody was like, how do you feel about everyone using the DDT as a high spot? And he's like, I don't care. He's like, because... Everyone kicks out of their DDT, but no one kicks out of mine. That means Jake Roberts' DDT is the best DDT of all time. Makes sense. My my issue is that there are moments where you can do, you know, you look, people watch UFC. No one's getting rocked in the face 100 times and just getting back up. No one's sitting in a cross arm breaker. There, UFC has legitimized, not legitimized because it was legitimate, but UFC brought to the the forefront or, or, or the, the you know, the, the population that these holds and, you know, getting punched in the face is not fun. So, and why as a heel? So, you ever hear that expression, um, heel gets paid by the hour? No, actually, this is the first time I've heard this. So, he, the, the expression I was taught was the heel gets paid by the hour. The heel is going to take, I'm going to take my time, man. And it really depends on the type of heel you are you know i mean there's all there's all different types of baby faces all types of different heels the the type of heel i've always been or the type of heel i've always gravitated to you know is that i'm going to enjoy like, so for the cade character as a heel i'm going to enjoy hurting you cuz i'm a sadomasochistic viking lunatic i'm going to rip you apart and sacrifice you to odin whatever but i'm going to enjoy hurting you i you know i do promos where i'm like you know um Hurting people is like a drug to me, man. And you're not, you're my next fix. Like shit, like stuff like that, where I'm going to enjoy like Hannibal Lecter or, or like, I'm going to, like, for example, Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers, they never ran after the teenagers. They just walked. They just took their time. They always caught them, but they just took their time. And it's that to me is. Like uh, a thing that's missing. I know we're like, we're going all over some brain. I've been hitting head so much, but it goes back to the whole, I think, like I said, with the punches, I'm going to hit you once. And I like, I have, I happen. I've always been told I have a good left hand. I have a good punch. Do me the favor. Sell. Let, if I hit you, sell it, go down. Don't make me hit you again because now I'm working harder. <clears throat> and it's not that I'm lazy. It's bro. If I'm going to tag you, sell it. Make those people go, damn, that, you know, make them, it registers, because now when I hit you, it means something. If I punch you, like you said, 10 times, and then you sell it on number nine, well, those eight other punches meant nothing. But if I hit you with that one punch, oh, shit, and that's what's missing, and that's where I'm glad that you picked that up, is that guys, you know, and it's like, again, look, man, I'm sure you'll see those, you know, there's Japanese strong style, and that, people seem to people think that Kenta and Kabashi and Masawa that's all they did. They only they did was just forearms and chops and pop drop each other on their heads. they did that for the big shows their big WrestleManias, their summerslams that's what they did it. They weren't doing that night in night out every single night they couldn't they it would literally kill them but that was what was popularized because that's what got the tapes around right So now a lot of people emulate that and the Young Bucks, phenomenal wrestlers. Bro, six, seven, sometimes a dozen super kicks. Shawn Michaels took one. So you could throw 100 super kicks, but they don't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? It loses its steam. So, yeah, it's cool, super kick party, awesome. But you're not beating anybody with it. So, why would you continue to do something that doesn't, like, if I wrestled you? And I clothesline you fifty times, and on number fifty, I beat you. Why would I ever throw a clothesline again against you? It took fifty clotheslines to beat you. It, it, it's it's the psychology. Um, one of the best stories. Again, it was it was a Jake the Snake seminar. I don't know how risque we can get on this podcast, so I'll, I'll keep it clean. We can go
1: all the fucking. Okay, the there we go.
0: So uh, I, I I did a it was like a, a, a seminar with Jake Roberts, and in the seminar. He said, You know, the biggest thing in wrestling is credibility. The moment you lose your credibility with the fans, you're done. So he told a story. He said, Hey, if I took you out and I got you drunk and you cheated on your wife and you went home, you felt bad about it and you told your wife, Baby, I cheated on you. I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. You think the next time you go out, she's going to believe that you aren't going to cheat on her? Exactly. Because your credibility is shot. So if it takes you. Eight clotheslines to put a guy down. Credibility shot, and 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 that's what's missing. And it's something that took me. You know, I, again, I, I I wrestled for Beyond Wrestling, and Beyond Wrestling is was when it was at its peak was in FET, and man, that place was on fire. And I tell people every interview I do, when they ask me about Beyond. It was a great place, a phenomenal place. It still is a great place, but the level. Of wrestling, like the it was like guys would stand at the curtain and watch the opening match and go, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" And then by the time if you were in the middle of the card, be short of having to like jump and do a six eighty or go through take crazy moves because people went out there and, they, and people busted their ass, but it was a super show. It was just stacked and it was hard, man, because. If you weren't on first or, or in, if you were on the main event, you, you were just, I I, I main event and wanted to be on show and I just wanted to fucking jump off of the balcony because they saw everything. And that's what's honestly, and I, I keep circling back, that's what's missing in wrestling is stories and taking your time and making something believable and making people believe that, like, my goal, and, and, and I, I really hope this is something that you could anyone listening to this can take back, I don't care. And this may sound conceited. I don't care what anyone else does on the show. I don't care. I don't care how great their match is. I don't care how, if the fans are chanting, this is wrestling, holy shit, one more. I don't care. What I care about is if one person leaves that show, turns to his father, mother, sister, brother, I don't care, friend, and goes, yo, the show was great. But that fucking guy, Cade, I wouldn't fuck with him because he's fucking, that shit looked real. That's what I want. I want them to believe that wrestling, look, wrestling's fake. Everyone knows it. It's exposed. It's entertainment, whatever. But I want them to go go home going, I know wrestling's fake. That dude, Cade, I don't know, man. I think he was really jacking Red Dog around and beating the fuck at him. That didn't look fake. That's what I want. Because that right there puts one person, tells one person, and they tell people. Then they go, yo, this guy, Cade, man. And when I come out, they go, Yo, this, yeah, this other stuff is fake, man. But this guy, no man, he's really trying to kill this guy. That's what I want. And that's what is to me is the true art of wrestling. And what's missing is believability and credibility. Like I want people to really believe I wanted to burn you and blind you. Because in that moment, I wanted to, because that's Cade. And 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 that's what's missing. I think a lot of people put on a character rather than become a character. You know, And the moment I get to the building and I walk in those doors, I'm Cade. So the moment I leave and get in my car, I'm Cade. And that's to the fans. I mean, in the back of the locker room, it's different. But if I'm in front of the fans, if I'm in front of a camera, I'm Cade, I'm there, I, that's who I am. And that's what I think is missing, is guys tend to buddy-buddy the fans because they want the, the popular tweets, they want to get, you know, whatever the case may be. And so wrestling is somewhat of a popularity contest. You got to be liked. You got to, you know, it, it is what it is. But you know what, man? To me, if I'm a heel, like if IWA, if I can have people throw shit at me, or if I have people try to keep my car, which I don't want them to do, but if I can get that level of like real hatred, then I did my job. And that's what's missing in wrestling, I think, is credibility, believability, and the art of taking your time and telling a story and letting it marinate and get over.
1: I, you know, I, just, I just generally imagine being at IWA and just watching someone come out and you just beating a sham because they keep your car. I, so just, listen, I, I, I went,
0: I went overseas to, um, I went to Trinidad and Tobago for a tour. My first ever tour first time I was ever outside of the United States besides Canada, but I don't count that. Um, you know, Canada's just, you know, Canada's America's boring upstairs neighbor. They really not know the difference, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's my first time, like you know, legit international flight, the whole nine. And it was the first time like I you know, I've heard stories about guys saying, Oh, in Mexico, they would throw this at us, and all like, you know, and you're thinking it's t- it's two thousand and twelve, I wanna say, two thousand and eleven I went. And, and I was, you know, I, at that time, I'm only like six, seven years in wrestling. So I'm still green, green as shit. And I went down there, dude, and I got to beat up this guy named Bronco, who was the big baby face. And I beat him up with a guy from North Carolina. And no joke, we had to be escorted back to the locker room by the police because fans were legitimately throwing batteries, full cans of soda at us. Like, it was insane, dude. Like, I'd never experienced that level of, like, heat where I was like, wow, this is, like, what I read about in Stan Hansen's book and this guy's interview. And I was like, this is nuts. We got into the back and the promoter and, the like, you know, we had, like, a guy that drove everyone around. They were like, you and Ash are staying here until everyone clears. We were the last people to leave because they were they, they were waiting outside for us. And I wish I could get that type of reaction in the States here because that's what you want, man. That makes – dude, and when I wrestled this guy, Bronco, he's an older guy. We didn't do a damn thing. It was punch, kick, and all I tried to do was rip his mask off. And how dare I? Right. And it was a two-week tour. I showed up on the first day. We jumped him, beat him up, cut a promo, tried taking his mask off. Then throughout the tour, it was tag matches, this and that, until we finally worked in a cage, a big blow-off, and I lost. And I, I was banned from Trinidad. But it was a two-week program, and the entire time, my man, I shit you not, I I generally worried that I was going to get stabbed at some point. To the point where we showed up to one of the shows, and there was these young kids, had to been like 11, 12, maybe 13. They had a box of rocks at the front, well not at the front of the arena because this was like a like an amphitheater but yeah. like a couple feet and like you, you go into the parking lot and then like a couple feet, you know how people would sell like the bootleg shirts and shit, right. so imagine they had these kids in the parking lot and they were, had a box of rocks and it said 1TT which is $1, $1 Trinidad, they were selling rocks for a dollar, I turned to the guy Ash, I was like, the fuck is that about, he's like, oh, that's for you I'm like, what? Because they're selling rocks to throw at the heels. So get the fuck out of here. But that's yeah, wrestling. You know, as wild as that, you t- if you tell that to someone here in the States, what, you you're kidding me? Dude, the moment somebody threw a nickel, they'd be escorted out of the building. Right. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know what it is. But, you know, wrestling has changed so much. Um, I think social media has played a big, horrible part in it. I think social media is one of the it's one of the greatest things because we're able to do this, but at the same time, man, you know, you say the wrong thing at the wrong time or whatever, and it's game over for you.
1: Yeah, no, it's 100 percent accurate, and I've seen it like just destroy people's career. And I've only and I've been in just just over two years, like training wise, and been working shows for just under. Like, you know, 16, 18 months. So And I've watched it just destroy people's careers. It's
0: it's, it's sad.
1: It's crazy. To, and and it, it all comes off of just like one tweet, right? Or even... Anything. Uh,
0: yeah. it's it's something destroyed. you did years ago. <laughs> it don't matter anymore.
1: But, done. Yeah, man. So I'm going to ask you this fun question really quick sure. before we jump into one of my favorite questions to ask, right? But I got to know, man, you've, <laughs> you've done a lot in this business, what's the worst bump you've taken?
0: Um, in terms of like what messed me up the most or just, it was just, it was just, I shouldn't have taken it. Cause there's, there's a lot. I, I, have done a lot of dumb things. I actually, it's funny. I've talked talking to my trainer, Mikey Whiprick about this uh, yesterday. Cause uh, he saw the, you know, he commented about my, my, my transformation with my weight. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I feel great physically now. I said, but you know, all that dumb shit caught up to me. Um, it wasn't a bump. Uh, it was a, a shot to the head. I wrestled, was wrestling Matt Tremont in, beyond wrestling in a casket match, and we needed a finish. And I've become, I was, well, I, I'm known in death match wrestling for using cinder blocks. I'm not the guy that invented it. I'm not the guy that, you know, came up with it. I probably was Masada. Um, but I, I kind of became known as the guy that, you know, I took a lot of crazy bumps on him off the top rope, did a lot of stupid things with him. And we needed a finish, and so I, I, I think it was – I'm not sure if it was me. It might have been Matt. I, this will – you'll understand why. I don't remember. But one of us came up with the idea of – I wanted to do the taker sit-up because I'm a taker mark. So I wanted to do the sit-up out of the casket and goozle him because, you know, when am I going to get the wrestle in the casket match ever again? I have to do it. So I'm in the casket, and I was like, one of us was like, well, what if we just take the cinder block and just hit it over your head? You know, we'll hit you. Uh, maybe it was Matt. Matt was like, I'll hit you in the head with it. He's like, I'll, you know, I'll take care. He was like, yeah, and Matt, Matt's one of my best friends. I'm like, yeah, so of course. So I was like, I don't know. Do you think that's going to be good enough? Blah, blah, blah. So we asked Nick Gage, and this is like Nick Gage fresh out of prison. So he's like a goddamn fucking, like, a, a, a unleashed pitbull. And he's like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Fucking do that. Like, All right, well, I guess we're in. And we go to do it. Matt has it, and Matt hits me, not thinking that we just did 15 minutes of going through all this craziness and bumping on cinder blocks, and we're exhausted. We're both bigger guys. We're not exactly built for fucking longevity. So you know, he's I'm not, and I don't blame him. It should happen. He hit me in the head, and I remember life changed forever that moment because I was I saw stars that I I dude, I was in different galaxies. The only reason why I know it's bad – I mean, it was bad, but I didn't know the extent because your adrenaline's going. But, I mean, I knew I was messed up. Steve Mack and Danny Moff were on commentary, and Steve Mack was like, dude, when he hit you, it sounded like a watermelon smashing on the ground. So it made that – and they were in the balcony 15, 20 feet away. The next – I – Was feeling like I was all right, but I was like, wow, it kind of felt like I got off for like a a really bad, like a roller coaster. So I'm driving and I'm with Eddie Kingston. Eddie is just staring at me the whole time from the passenger seat. And we got a guy named Rex Lawless in the back seat and he's just staring at me. I'm like, dude, what? He goes, You ain't, you're not driving, partner. You're fucked. You're fucked. You're fucked. I got about, I got to his house in Yonkers and I looked at Rex. I was like, dude, I can't drive. I got home. I threw up, never threw up before in my life after a wrestling match. I, could not go to work the next day. I literally laid in bed for 24 hours with the lights off because I did something to my ear. There's something in your head that in your by your ears that's a basically it's like your balance, it's your equilibrium. It's yeah. called the co- cochlear fluid or something like that. I think it's called. Apparently, the shot to the head put that out of whack. So I had to go on uh, all these like anti-dizzy pills and all this stuff. I wrestled Thursday in a two like 120 degree building against Drew Gulak, and I couldn't function. I said, I, I told Drew, I said, don't hit me in the head. And, of course, he hits me in the head. And completely just the worst thing I've ever taken. And, honestly, from that moment, like, I've, I'm have i not going to say I've never been the same, but I'm definitely shot. So, that's the worst shot. The worst bump I've ever taken probably was I take this bump on the back of, uh, like, I put two chairs with the rims against them like this, and I take the Ric Flair bump and mm. – Usually, I'm able to hit my upper back and kind of sit in the chair, and it looks great. And one time I did it, I hit in the middle of my back, and I kind of accordioned. And that kind of uh, – I think it was with Mason, actually. I think Mason was ringside. Um, it was at H2O. I forget which one, but that one decided to put my uh, my life in you know harm's way. So, you know, those bumps, because I'm dumb.
1: I remember that match now, because I was actually watching that with um... – with Sicken, actually, because okay. we saw the H two O, we saw Mace was on there, and we were watching it. And I remember seeing that now. Now that you say, I remember seeing it. I was like, that didn't look like it went to plan. Yeah that
0: that that one that one really sucked. Um, but besides that, I I've knock on wood, man. I I've been lucky. I've done a lot a of, lot of dumb things, and never gotten you know seriously injured. I've had the I mean the worst thing that's ever happened to me was from a light tube. I had glass on my back. And I don't, I, get, you know, usually if they, your skin will grow over, but somehow it got infected, almost turned into Mercer. They were pumping me full of IV and uh, not uh, antibiotics. I was on antibiotic drip and, um, turned out that the infection was also caused by hematoma. So the glass got deep enough that it cut a hematoma. So that hematoma is basically all dead blood and that dead blood caused the infection. So they had to put like, cut my back and put like a uh, vacuum tube to suck out all this dark red, black blood to stop this infection from basically almost killing me. So Damn. I I've been lucky considering compared to a lot of guys that have done death matches. I I've been very lucky.
1: Oh, that's crazy. So now th- I is like the one big question. I love asking people too. Like <laughs> what's one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn in the business?
0: I mean, man, there's, there's so many, um, I mean, it's, it, it not really like, it's so hard to say because it's not, I wouldn't say they're hard lessons it, it, because I've never been, I've been yelled at. Like, I mean, we all, you know, we've all made mistakes. I think the biggest lesson um, and it's something that, you know, to this day I, I still have to remind myself is keep your mouth shut and keep your eyes and ears open. Um, Because just because, you know, again, it goes back to what I said. I, I don't have a filter. I speak my mind. And, there are definitely moments where I wish I would have maybe, eh, maybe not have opened my mouth. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm a big believer, and if you you believe in something, stand up for yourself, or you know, do it. So, you know, I, I made mistakes. I, I've definitely spoken out of turn. Um, I've definitely tweeted things uh, at wrong times. <laughs> Uh, you know, listen, man, you hopped up on pre-workout at the gym and you, you just, you know, you <laughs> yeah. just put up 300 on the bench, you're fired up. And sometimes, sometimes a tweet that you're in your head, you're like, this is going to be great. And it comes out like you're a dick or you're and it's it's never right. my intention. So, you know, I think the, the, my, the biggest lessons and the hardest lessons are the ones that you you always are learning. I don't think I've learned my hardest lesson because I'm always learning. Um, I think it's just. You know, if anything, I, I would say to the shadow of the doubt to everyone that's a wrestler or anyone in life, whatever you're doing, keep your mouth shut and keep your eyes and ears open and just absorb as much as you can and learn. And then, you know, when you feel that you should speak up, speak up and speak your mind. And if you think you're right and you think you're in, you know, if you believe in what you're doing, go for it. And if you're wrong, don't be, don't be ashamed and don't be afraid to say I was wrong. And that's a big thing. And that, that goes, I try to te- keep teaching my steps on that i be more. I'm more proud of him if he tries something, or if he if he. I just want him to be like, you know what? I did it this way. I was wrong. You were right, and like admit your failure. Don't be ashamed. Everyone fails. You're gonna was Dwayne Gretzky. You're gonna miss all the shots. You're gonna miss ninety percent of the shots you you take, but you're gonna miss one hundred percent of the shots you never take. Right. So that's that's it, man. Always just if you believe in it and you, you're you're adamant and you you truly think what you're doing is in the right. Go for it. And if you're wrong, admit you're wrong and move on and learn from it. That's all you can do. That's, that's called old age advice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like it though, because that is definitely something that you have to keep reminding yourself like all the time. I have a group, I have a group of friends. If I'm going to if I'm going to message, like if I'm going to tweet out something, I run it by the guys first, just to see how they're going to take it. If I just, I don't put contacts in or nothing like uh, the other day, uh, I was at the gym, and it's full transparency for, for you guys because you know we all work our asses off. And by the way, congratulations because you three forty-five down or three three eighty-five, three eighty-five down to yeah, two forty-five,
0: yeah, about one hundred forty pounds, one hundred fifty pounds, give or take. Depends on what day. Some days it's one hundred fifty, some days it's one hundred forty. Really, really <laughs> depends on the day. Um, but yeah, I appreciate that, man. That's you know that's, that's my weight has always been my um, I guess the, my biggest thing holding me back. Um, cause everyone said you get, I'm a hell of a talent and I vote, you know, so now I'm just, I just do it for me. I'm not trying to get anywhere. I just want to be healthy and happy.
1: Yeah. And so like yesterday, full transformation for those, uh, I was working out and I was busting my ass and like, I, I burned a thousand calories in an hour and a half. And I so know. I'm getting ready to get ready to send this. I was like, let me run this by the guys first. And then like I put out there, I was like, uh, I said, I was like, Hey, I'm about to tweet this message. And I sent with a the picture of like what I was working with. And I put it in there right after. I was like, uh, ain't nobody working harder than me in the gym. And they're like, well, if you add the picture and say that you're a dick. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad I have you guys.
0: Around. That's, that's what my old lady does, man. Nine, nine times out of 10, I'll, I'll, I, you know, I don't send it to her. I'll post it. And she'll be like, what the hell is this? Take that down. No, no, like, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, sit, I sit here and I say, um, you know, I, I, I do what I want. And you know, I, I, and it's true for the most part, but if my little lady says something to me, I'm the first one to like, okay, you're right, you're right, you know, I'm, I'm that guy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with her, my bark is far worse than my bite, because, you know, she'll just look at me and be like, don't, 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 she'll be the first one to be like, don't, don't fucking start that cage shit on me, it ain't gonna work, so it's kind of funny, but it's good that you got that, man, I, you know, um, you know, a lot of my friends would be like, yeah, man, post it, and I look like an idiot, so, you know, that's good that you got guys you can trust.
1: <laughs> you hey, uh, alright well those are like all my heavy hitting questions I have but we do got to talk about the second best segment that you can find on this podcast if you're wondering what the first is it's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show but this is the 3 count podcast 10 count questions and this is how it works I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast and uh, whatever's your answer that's your answer sounds good Bet. so we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure <laughs> Be- and here we go! SmackDown or Raw? Raw. Favorite movie? Oh goddamn!
0: Uh, right now, Thor Ragnarok.
1: Okay. Sonic or Mario? Mario. Favorite color? Uh, red. Ghostface or Leatherface? Leatherface. Favorite submission? Uh, ankle lock. Marvel or DC? Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite podcast?
0: Uh, The Knights of the Gimmick Table. My podcast. <laughs> no, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Joe Rogan. Of course, you know you gotta go with Rogan.
1: Yeah, well, he can be second. You can put yourself over. That's yeah, I would. What okay, hurts. but you know <laughs> R- 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 R-
0: Rogan, Rogan, Rogan. You gotta go Rogan. <laughs> All
1: right. Nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Merck. Merck Actually, so when you when you said Merk Merck is one of my favorite dudes to talk to. Outside. Okay, so you had him on. Uh yeah, I had him on. Yeah, let's see. Someone
0: uh, who could I throw who can we pick up there? You know what? I know you got Foxy getting on there, but there's a guy out in um, Long Island, his name is uh Rad Brad Bad Brad Benson, or yeah, Bad Brad Benson, he's a kid I trained. He'd be a good one to get on.
1: Bet there we go. So we're gonna get him on, and then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on the show: <gasps> favorite curse word? Fuck. I say it way yeah. too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> A good f bomb is what you need in this exactly. life. Exactly.
0: Just it just sometimes sometimes fuck just that's it, man. That's all you need. It just kind of <laughs> takes care of everything. It does.
1: So those are all my questions. So the last thing I have is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you.
0: Yeah, man. Cade Lothbrock on Facebook and Instagram. I don't have Twitter. I used to. I hate it. I can't take it. I'm contemplating coming back since Elon Musk brought it because it pisses everybody off and makes me fucking happy just to see how many people are losing their minds. But, um, yeah, just Instagram. It's a lot of gym photos because I post gym photos for myself, not for anyone else, to remind myself of where I was. It's kind of my way of motivating myself. Um, And then any show I'm at, man... um, IWA, Ace, Excite, Atomic, VPW, H2O, you know, uh, you'll be seeing me working predominantly 90% of the time with Foxy. So that's what we're doing. And um, definitely check out my YouTube page, uh, which is under Cade Lothbrock. So all my wrestling matches, promos, also all my reptile videos. You can see all the tanks behind me. Um, I run a reptile rescue outside of wrestling. And, um, and yeah, check out my own podcast uh, on the MWA podcast network with the dead presidents, Knights at the Gimmick Table. We have you know guys from that were on TV, independent stars, future stars. We interview them, we talk to them, basically what we did here. And we got a whole network, and it's you know, we'd appreciate it. it's uh based out of Australia, the network. And we're rocking and rolling and doing our thing, so. You know, that's why I got this fancy microphone and headset, because I'm professional. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, man. You know, and I will, I guess the next time I'll see you is what, June 18th, right?
1: Yeah, Well. <laughs> It'll be
0: good. I think we're in that rumble together, so I'll be coming for you.
1: Oh, yeah, we, I, I, I'm definitely, trying to <clears> I'm trying to get this at least redemption back, partial yeah. redemption. <laughs> One day I'm going to get the full redemption. There but, you go. <laughs> you know. Like every part, listen, he gave you all the handles, he gave you everything, but like every great part of a wrestling match, we gotta take us home. Cause this is the three count podcast presents now in ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dogler, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, which by now you would imagine you'd be calling me, it's never about me, but it's about who's inching a ring. And you see him right next to me. It's Kate Lothbrock, and you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there, or you just wait for this episode to end. <laughs> you wait for the outro, and then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. There, guys. What's going on, 3 Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want you to do right now go to twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the three count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the 3 Count Podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the 3 Count Pod. Please, go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys, and we hope you love us too. So, show us some support, please.